Welcome back, folks, to the Growing Lean Podcast. This is your host, Ethan Halflide. Another amazing episode sponsored by Lean Discovery Group, an award-winning software development firm. I'm here with Dean Fonsale, a serial entrepreneur, CEO of National Adhesive, which is a consumer adhesive and sealer supplier, talking about how do you you know, diffuse a physical good through the market. Talk to us, Dean. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Thank you. I appreciate being here um, and for your time. So, um, my name, as you said, is Dean. Uh, I'm originally from Africa, uh, from a tiny little uh, landlocked country called Swaziland, squashed between South Africa and Mozambique. I've uh, been in the U.S. for about four and a half, five years now, and uh, I've been involved in several different businesses throughout my career, uh, everything from logistics to branding and marketing, uh, industrial supply, and a little bit of everything in between. Um, and yeah, I, I was looking for opportunities in the U.S., and uh you know, while walking down Home Depot the one day, I saw how noisy and confusing the cork and sealant aisle, you know, was. And um, I'd sold a brand, uh, you know, my industrial supply product and or, or company, and I thought, you know what, I, I can do this better. <laughs> That's awesome. So talk to us about, you know, you, you saw that you could do it better, but what's that process like immediately after? How do you back that up? Yeah, that's that's a whole other story. So, um, you know, the first thing that I did is I probably spent about six months really diving into the industry, you know, just getting to understand it, looking for where the problem areas are, you know, where are the opportunities, um, you know, getting a, a better insight in terms of what people are battling with, uh, you know, what are the different organizations, you know, who the big players are, you know, really just spending, it, it, was, it was probably six months of pure research and just, you know, sort of understanding um, you know, and with that, your know, patterns start to emerge. It's, you know, and you start seeing the same problems in the same areas and the same concerns coming up, um, you know, and then just looking, why aren't the other guys doing it? You know, why aren't there solutions? You know, and, and, and with that, you start, once you've got those patterns, you can start formulating a plan and saying, okay, you know, I, I, I know what I can do. I know what the end goal is. And, you know, I think that was really step one. Absolutely. So now tell us like, okay, so you developed a certain skill set that allows you to think that way. You know, you, you've curated that over a period of time. So tell us more about how you got started with entrepreneurship. Were you in Swaziland uh, when you first started? I was actually in South Africa. Um, I, I went to school in South Africa and my first job, uh, so I went to boarding school there. My first job was uh, literally digging ditches to lay uh, computer cables back in the day. Um, you know, grew up with, a, you know, sort of a, a other side of the railways, um, uh, lifestyle um, and uh, so I had to work hard in the beginning but you know I was also young and ignorant didn't have a, any mentors in my life um, that could really help me and I lashed out and so I think I you know in the first year I got fired like three times from jobs um, and and kind of landed by default um, working in a furniture manufacturing company a small one you know there were about five people in the whole place and I was sweeping the floors and started learning how to uh, work with equipment and that's kind of where the journey started. And um, I, I was there for probably longer than I'd been anywhere else. And the gentleman that owned it um, was actually moving to, a, a, you know, a, another town, another city. And uh, he was going to shut the whole thing down. And, you know, I said, let me have a go at it. You know, let, give me an opportunity and, and let me try to run this thing. You know, and I, I, you know, ignorance, arrogance, it seems to be a pattern. I thought I could do it um, and started and, and started, you know, making furniture, you know, making my mistakes and learning. I'm, it was a pretty simplistic business. There was not much to it. You know, make some furniture, take it to a flea market on the weekend and sell the products. And that was it, you know. So, you know, it it, it worked. Um, and the first thing that ever happened to me, and this is where the journey really started, I um, I had a look in the area. There were a lot of other people doing the same thing. And, you know, so and everyone was doing the same stuff. And it was just repeat, 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 except one guy. He did something very different. 
his designs were slightly different and his quality was phenomenal. And, and he, so he charged more. So that was the first time I realized, hold on, quality pays. And then um, speaking to all of these different people, I, you know, I found that we were all paying pretty much the same price you know, for our raw material. Um, but I knew, having asked, that a full truckload of that raw material was like at a quarter of the price, maybe even you know, a fifth of the price. So I went around to everyone and I said, hey, you know, I can halve your price if you buy with me. Let's buy a whole truckload. So I did that. Uh, I took the truck truckload in, redistributed it to everybody, and my raw material then became free. So that was the first thing, you know, leveraging like volume and and other ways of working. And it was probably about a year later, I was making more money selling the raw material than I was actually making the furniture. And it was like, why am I putting all this hard work into making this physical product when all I can do is just coordinate this other stuff? And that's where the journey really started. And just, you know, sort of looking at those patterns and you know, going through into the next businesses and the next businesses and getting it wrong along the way as well, which was also a very, very good lesson. That's exactly what you said, that pattern recognition. That's very common amongst entrepreneurs. You have to identify a pattern and then try to find ways to improve that pattern, right? Or find opportunities within it. So that's what I want to ask you, you know, can you not necessarily walk us through your your current business strategy, but your entrepreneurship strategy? Do you have one? If, if so, when it comes to identifying patterns and then how you go about finding solutions from there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I actually have a whiteboard in my office and every time I see the business opportunity and then I, I just make a note of what the opportunity is there. And then over a period of time, because right now I'm, I'm hyper-focused on what I'm doing, so I'm not looking at anything else. But I always, you know, I'm always interested in maybe this is something for later or down the line or, you know, do I want to get involved? Or is this something I can pass on to somebody else? I know that works in this space, whatever the case is. And, um, you know, what I look at is first the idea. You know, if the idea has got to pop and it's got to be like, man, this, this is a good idea. And it doesn't have to be sexy at all. I mean, I'm selling glue. There's nothing sexy about it. Um, but it's got to be, uh, you know, this is something that I can see, you know, um, there's an opportunity. Then the next thing is, you know, what is the size of the market? You know, um, who are the target audience? Okay. Are the targeted audience happy with what they've got, you know, or is there an opportunity here? Uh, it, it, can I take it in a different angle? You know, is there a different way to bring it to the market? You know, um, have I got a leg up in terms of maybe if it's manufacturer, if it's service, or if it's something new that nobody else has? You know, so there's all these little nuances that you start putting the whole sort of piece of the puzzle together and, and start saying, okay, you know, is this a service uh, orientated or is this a product orientated that I know that there's market? And it's not like, you know, it's, oh, I think it's a good idea, so it's going to sell because that's that's the worst idea you can. You know, you, you want to you know everybody else. You may not even think it's a great idea, but if everybody else does, you know, it's a different scenario. Um, you know, so it's starting to delve into those kind of things and then looking at the opportunities. Okay, what would it take to, to bring this up? Who, who, are you, who are you going against? You know, is this against the norm or, you know, is there already a market there? Is the market flooded? I mean, when I sat down, this was the criteria that I put together for the business that I run now before I even started looking at opportunities because I looked at everything, you know, from franchises to, uh, you know, buying a business that was really established to a little bit of, of everything. And I sat down and I had five top criteria. Uh, the first one, um, I, I've been involved in a lot of production businesses. And the first one I, I said, I, was, I do not ever want to be tied down to a single premises again and want to be able to work from anywhere in the world. That was the first and most important thing for me. Um, and we achieved that. We actually run this business 100% remote. Uh, everybody's scattered. All, I've got uh, people from three different countries in the world. So that was the first thing. The second thing I wanted is I wanted a highly scalable business. You know, so it, it, it just it, it had to be able to like we could grow this thing quickly, fast and, and big. The next thing is I wanted a high barrier to entry, which is, you know, sometimes counter, you know, sort of like initiative. It's like, wait, what? You, you want it difficult? Like, I do. 
because that means nobody's going to be chasing me. That's um, right. A little economic so, vote there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so that was the next thing. The next thing I wanted is I wanted to work with a strong brand. And we were very, very fortunate to license a, a, a DuPont brand that's been around, you know, for 45 years and that and expand on the range of products that they do. So that was the, the next thing. And then the last thing was um, I need to be able to get this business into a position within five years that I'm no longer the business. The business is its own entity and I can step away. That's, those were my five top criteria. So it wasn't specific to a market or to an industry or to a product or a service or whatever. It was like, that is what was important to me personally. Um, but going into that, knowing that, it was easier to rule out things that like, oh, great idea. And I think it's a good business, but that doesn't meet my criteria. That doesn't meet it. Oh, this does. And yeah, so that's how, that's my strategy. Awesome. Awesome. I, I I love the way that you bring that up. And, you know, it may seem counterintuitive, like high barrier to entry. What? You know, you, you want to get in? No, no, you don't want everybody to be able to get in. That's very common with no code these days, right? You know, like right. no code has lowered the barrier to entry for software developers, but that means the, the, uh, the overall Everybody talent. can do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. So now talk to, you know, the barrier to entries involves a lot of challenges and challenges and obstacles. How did you overcome those challenges and obstacles getting into your market? Um, personally or strategy? Personally, it's, I, I call it grit. Let's start. <laughs> yeah. Let's start. Let's start uh, personally. Uh, listen, I think I've been fortunate enough to have built businesses before. So I knew what I was getting myself into. So that, that was, that was helpful. And, um, you, you know, um, my dad always just said to me, if it's easy, everybody would do it. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's, a, it's really a good reminder in that. So, you know, one of the first things that I did was set the end goal. You know, where is it that I want to be? What is it that I want to achieve, both in my business point of view and also my personal point of view? And then what is it going to take to make that happen? And there's a lot of sacrifices. The bigger the goal, the bigger the sacrifices. That's the bottom line. But the bigger the reward, you know, and and that sense of achievement afterwards is just well worth it. So having a very, very clear defined goal of what it is that I deem want to achieve and also then in the business and how do they align together? Um, you know, the time period and, and I have a little rule of thumb in that, you know, everything that I do, um, you know, once you, you, you've done your sort of plan and that you, you, you triple the amount of time you think it's going to take, you double the amount of costs and you halve the amount of sales. And if it still looks like a good idea, then do it. So, <laughs> you know, so, you know, just setting those expectations that things are going to be hard, they're going to be tough, there's going to be sacrifices and then following through. It's like, you know, it's friendship circles diminish, you know, a potential time with, with uh, family diminishes, uh, you know, things that you want to do for yourself, just go out the door and all of that kind of stuff, but accept that that's part of it. So I think, you know, going into it, knowing that, uh, you know, anticipating that it doesn't make it any easier, um, but having that sort of clear defined goal, it's like, okay, so I know what I'm working towards. So when things get hard and they get tough and, and you know, it's difficult in that, you know, I just, I, I've got that that lighthouse that I'm, I'm going towards. So, you know, th that's that's how it helps, you know, personally. And, you know, Lots of self-development books in terms of, you know, whatever other people, everybody's done this before, you know, so there's a lot of people, some great minds out there and you can learn a ton from them, you know, so just, you know, educate yourself, you know, look after yourself, you know, your health, mental, emotional, physical and that, you know, just take care of yourself and then, and yourself will then take care of yourself. Um, Absolutely. I like that. And yeah. then professionally, let's talk about that. How, how, you know, did you overcome, what is it, rules and regulations, patents, FDA, like, I don't know that maybe not FDA, right? Food and drugs. <laughs> no, we're not in that space, firstly. But yeah, you know, I think um, uh, the 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 first rule I have is be the dumbest guy in the room. 
um, you, know, you know, and I've been very, very fortunate. I've surrounded myself with an incredible uh, executive team that helped me, you know, lead this company. Um, you know, I'm the junior in this in this business. You know, I'm, I think I'm very good at setting strategy, direction, and, and vision, and that. You know, but then step out of the way of the people who know how to do it better than you. Um, I've got an incredible inv- advisory board as well. Um, you know, people who have been in the game for you know forever, who understand things on a level that I would never understand. You know, and and just be be vulnerable and humble and and remove ego out of the equation and and go in and uh, you know have the discussions and it's not about being oh just take everything thrown at you you know argue it and understand it and you know make the right decisions but base it on good information um you know so i think the biggest thing that I, that uh, helped me um was surrounding myself with those people um you know knowing that you know i've got people who have either done this before in a different capacity or have done part of it and then bringing all of that together so you know collectively we can do it um, you, you know, just remaining humble, being a good leader, supporting your, your people. We've gone through some tough stuff. We've gone through some really, really tough stuff, you know, communicate, communicate, you know, just be, be open, you know, and, and share where you are, because sometimes you might be holding on information and somebody can actually provide, you know, light on that, that can help you make a better decision or see an alternative way. So, you know, you know, really just keep everybody in the loop. Um, you know, we, we, we've got a very open communication door um, in our, our company and, and that's helped. So culture, culture really got us through it. Um, strategy is important, very important to understand where we're going, what we're going. So I created a thing called a vivid vision, and um, it's set in the in the in the future, but looking back at the past. And it and it basically says, you know, I'm you know I'm writing this as if you know it's like four years from now or whatever the case is. And uh, looking back, this is the culture we've created. These are the customers we deal with. This is the products we do. You know, this is what the business looks like. Not from a financial point of view. It's, yes, we're profitable and all those things, but not it's not you know here's our targets. And and providing that, all right, before we even interview anyone, and I, we give that to them to read, and if it resonates with them, then you're going to fit in this culture. If it doesn't resonate with you and you're just like, this is ridiculous, you're not going to fit you. So bringing the right people on board and setting that direction from day one makes it easier because then you're not trying to manage people to, hey, we've got to go this way. No, we've got to go this way. It's like everyone knows where they're going, you know. Step out of their way. They're adults. Don't, you know, support them. You know, I sit at this bottom of this pyramid. And and I basically guide and support my team. They make the magic happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very well said. I've heard industry leaders say very similar things. Hire the smartest people in the room and get out of their way. Right. So now talk to us, you know, because if you're doing a hands-off management strategy, what, you know, like how do you, and this is a tough question for a lot of people and rightfully so, but how do you speak to any metrics or KPIs you use to measure the success of your company and your people along the way? It's a good question, and it's a tough question because you know everybody wants a number in that, and 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 it's important. I mean, there, there's the book, you know, what's your important number, and you know, for me, um, there are several important numbers, but the way we get there is, is even more important. So, you know, obviously, you want to look at uh, you know your EBITDA or and your gross margins, those kind of things. You want to look at your growth rates, and you know all of that. It's always a bit messy in the beginning of a startup, uh, you know, because it's either accelerated or you know you're making a loss in the beginning, or you know. Um, or you're growing in, in, in like it's just rapid fire and all kinds of stuff going on. Um, you know, so so there are several important numbers, but obviously, you know, right now I'm, I'm focused on the growth of the business. I'm focused on where we're going. I'm focused on how many new customers we bring on board and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but my biggest single focus, which is not really a KPI in terms of measurement, uh, you know, from a numbers point of view, um, is the conversations that I have with my people and the feedback that I get from them. And you know, the, let's call it the happiness level and the satisfaction level and all that. Frustration, sure. Stress, yes, it's there. You know, 
but are, is it like we've got this or is it like this is doom and gloom you know and and that is what i what what's important for me and, and as soon as something is is out of tune or out of whack or whatever the case is that's where my focus goes on because you know if everybody is um everybody has their own kpis you know sales have got one you know production and marketing everybody's got their own kpis for their their system and that and if, if they are managing in their 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 sort of um structures and their you know divisions and all of that kind of stuff um but they're motivated and they are satisfied, not necessarily happy at the moment. If it's stressful times or whatever the case is, you know, then it's okay. We're there. And if we are communicating, when people stop communicating with me, then I know that there's a problem. Um, you know, so those are the things that are very important to me. I, especially the last part, that was really important because so many times I want to do that with my team, you know, like communicate with me, tell me how I can help you because that's how we can problem solve. And sometimes people may feel guilty or feel embarrassed when they're running into tough times and they don't want to let you down. You're the business leader, right? So Correct. it's important to create that open space to say like, we're, we're trying to do something really challenging here, folks. You know, it's important 100%. to let each other know when you're going through a tough time. So and, talk to me. And I think well. the starting point oh, that up? just, sorry, Ethan, just to interrupt the starting point in that is I, I think from the very beginning is uh, taking ownership for your own faults and your own mistakes uh, and, and communicating that and owning that and not thinking or pretending, you know, everything in that and showing that vulnerability, because as soon as you do that, you know, you break down the barrier. And make it easier for you know them to come to you and they don't always and sometimes you have to get communication through your management team um there's there's various ways of doing it absolutely very good very good actionable advice right there um where do you see your industry heading what direction do you see yourself going in um so i, I mean you know we, we're in an incredible industry and it's it's massive it's unbelievably big um, you know, it, you could speak, and we are not in the health space, but there's a lot of adhesive happening in the health space. Um, you know, obviously in the EV space and that as well, there's there's massive strides happening on, on that side. Um, you know, so our focus is very much on the consumer, um, you know, construction, those kind of things and that. And one of the things that we've focused on um, is innovation. And, you know, that's a, it's a word that's thrown around all over the place. And, you know, sometimes it annoys me. But really, um, we have several products that we launch in this year and next year. And it is new technology. It's first to market chemistry that has never existed before. And we partnered up with a company um, that are very specialized in their space, which is not our market at all. So they they created this phenomenal product and, and nobody gets to know about it. It just doesn't get seen or heard about it. And we're like, man, so we've partnered up with them and over the last two years uh you know we've been working on formulation to get it to a point where it's it's utilizing the consumer market and then we partnered up with another incredibly innovative company uh bringing um, much more environmentally friendly packaging to the market as well and you know so there's going to be uh, less wastage um you know better biodegradable stuff um you know you can utilize more of the product longer shelf lives you know there's so many like things like that so we we're very focused on on that aspect from a product point of view um, but the thing that really excites me, and uh, we started working with this uh, last year already, was with digital humans. And now with the, the onset, you know, AI is obviously blown up everywhere. Um, and with that is our industry has got a massive lack of consumer knowledge and education in our products. I mean, I can't tell you how many times people have used a really good product, but you've used it wrong and said, oh, this doesn't work. Uh, or they've used the wrong product onto an application. It's like, oh, this, you know, whatever it is. Um, you know, and this is where we put in a lot of effort and focus. You know, we, we, we're really building that educational platform uh, to help people choose the right product, you know, 
um, you know, they can just say, this is what I want to do. And and through the, the technology that's coming out today, it's going to allow us um, to tell them, this is the product. And on top of that, this is how you should be using it. Or this is why you shouldn't use this, whatever the case is. So we're very excited about that. So we, we're sort of attacking it from, from both fronts on that side. And like I said to you earlier, you know, we are a 100% remote company. And in this industry, it's just like almost, well, it is unheard of. And um, with that, we've been able to bring talent. But, you know, we've created this culture where everybody works incredibly well together. There's a lot of support in that. And we've done that, you know, through technology. So there's a lot of innovation on a lot of different fronts that is happening. Love to hear it. You know, as an entrepreneur, I I can anticipate that it, it seems like you've achieved a very high level of success. And now you're like, okay, how do we widen our moat? You know, how do we continue to provide sustainable innovation to our customers? So it's amazing to see that regardless of the amount of success that you and your business are facing, you're still always finding new ways to provide more value to that end consumer. And, you know, Dean, you know, we're coming up on time here, but I want to give you some time. Uh, What advice would you give to other business owners looking to succeed in your industry? Um, Listen to your consumer, you know. They've got the answers already. Don't, don't, you know, I think what happens is people just spend so much time and effort internally, internally focused. Oh, we got this product. We can do this. We can do this. Is that what they want? Is that what the consumer needs? You know, just listen. Your answers are right there. You know, you just, you just got to go look in the right places. I mean, and that's what places, it is. what places would you recommend they learn? Like, how, how do you, what are high quality channels of customer feedback? Uh, your what's name your competition's uh reviews that's you know that's such an easy place they're either going to tell you what they like or they're going to complain about what they don't like that's the the easiest low-hanging fruit really good feedback really good feedback so dean now let everyone know how can they find out more about you and more about your company sure I i mean so our company national adhesive you know that's the website um I'm on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. You know, I'm very engaged. Uh, you know, I communicate a lot. So, you know, just Dean Fonsale, um from National Adhesive on LinkedIn. Uh, reach out. Um, I'm happy to chat there or answer any questions. Uh, my passion is watching people grow, you know, uh, through businesses or with businesses um, or individually. So happy to, to, you know, talk to anyone. Dean, thank you so much for being a great guest. No problem. Thank you very much. I appreciate being here.